listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. There wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've returned to the studio for episode 410. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. What you getting into this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I was able to see um, the creator. Nice. And I got to see the um, the uh, the Adam Eve origin that... um. The little one episode that Amazon put out. Dope, dope. It, perfect timing because I literally got to watch the creator this weekend uh, as well. And good. I want to definitely get your your take on the Adam Eve special. So cool. What's uh? You want to start out with creator? Yeah, that's cool. That's what's up. So yeah, man. I think another stellar performance by John Washington. I mean, me personally, I felt like it was a solid eight, soft nine. I thought it was visually stunning. You know, yeah, Ken Watanabe really put down another great performance as well. Um. I don't know what the name of the actress who played uh, uh, Alfie was, but boy, man, really solid. Yeah, she was good. Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, what were your first impressions? Nah, I, I really liked it. I think they did um they did a job did a good job like nailing the story of the slow transition of like um uh, of uh what is it Joshua was Joshua his, his name, name character yeah. yeah the main character. Uh, uh, I like the transition, how he went from like, nah, I don't really give a fuck about them to actually like going through, going through the trouble of saving her in the end. Like they did a really good job of um, illustrating his journey. That man is, that man, John Washington putting on an acting clinic for these fools. Cause let me tell you, bro, so many times in that movie, I'm just looking at them exchange their lines and you see how they play off each other. And boy, just so much was there, man. Like really evocative. Yeah. Great performances. Um, but yeah, so you want to start at the beginning. Uh, we'll give some spoiler alerts. Through. We'll do a, a little bit more in-depth than usual. But yeah, um, so it starts out with uh, with, with him. So this, the general premise of the story is, is that uh, John Washington's an uh, undercover agent trying to find out uh, who this quote-unquote Nermada character is. And the, the movie opens with uh, a definition of Nermada. It's it's a two-part definition where Nermada is the creator of the AIs, but also to the AIs, Nermada is considered a god. You know what I mean? So it's not just a, a title. It means something to the AIs themselves. So, yeah, you know, he's trying to locate this this person um, because in the timeline that, that this world takes place in, there was... Uh, you know, AI developed and was integrated into robots and they were integrated into society. Um, and slowly they began getting integrated into higher and higher levels of society until they were also in charge of uh, the military defense. And according to them, uh, the AIs dropped a nuke on LA. And so because of that, America has turned against AI, while the rest of the world has, you know, just kind of they they still they still integrate with AI. Maybe they don't put them on the governing level the way that America did, uh, but they still have a lot of AI integrated throughout their societies. And so America is infiltrating. Um, was it Tibet? It was somewhere in China, right? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they specifically stated, but yeah, yeah. It, it, or it's called like East Asia or some shit yeah, like that, or New generic, Asia or some shit like that. Yeah, it's just a generic um title for the area. But um, so they're they're trying to infiltrate that area to try to um stop him. Now in the <laughs> in the time in between uh when they launched this war on AI and the, you know the the beginning of the movie. They create this orbital station called Nomad, and uh, Nomad is a fucking beast. <laughs> Nomad, it has this a massive crosshair reticle that it flashes down on the land when it's about to bomb someplace, and it is an omen, an, an ill omen to say the least, you know. And so that's the the premise of what we're introduced to in pretty much the first ten minutes, right? Yeah, right away. Yeah, and so um, from there. You know, John Washington embarks on this journey uh, that leads him back into this this uh, scenario to try to uh, find Nirmata. Now, I thought that it, I, I one thing I loved about this movie is that it's a reunion story, not a. It you know the main plot of the of or the main motivations of of the main character is reunion. I don't think he really wants revenge on anyone. I don't think he. He eventually has to run up against some obstacles and challenges and stuff, but really, what he wanted the whole time was reunion with May, or Mai. You know what I mean? Yep. And the rest of the movie is just kind of the things he has to deal with to try to get back to that place. You know, and so I really appreciated that. I loved how that was the bookend of the of the movie. It started with him and her, and it ended with him and her. I thought that was super good. I thought that that was well put together. Um, Mai's character, man really well played as well like like it, it i didn't think it was a very big reveal when they said that she took over from her father i was like yeah yeah i mean kind of saw that coming <laughs> you know because she was very much in it and but i was really surprised and now you know if you guys want to watch the movie i would say probably skip some of skip ahead a little bit because um i'm about to get into some real spoilery territory but like when <clears throat> they reveal that she created Alfie from a scan of her embryo that she had with with uh, Joshua. That was that was wild. I think that that was that was a big part of him coming around. Yep. To to really realize, like, you know, yes, this has a personal tie to him. Of course, that's his child that she's modeled after. But like, more than that, it's it showed the difference between the 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 simulants and the humans they're manufactured you know we created something in our image only to reject it you know it was really it's really odd you know when you, when you think i mean back, it makes perfect sense just following in the path of religion I mean, yeah according to religion that's pretty much what, what god, god does yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what I'm saying? that is that is absolutely and you're playing god when you try to make life so yes there is a lot of salient through points there but um yeah, when when he finds out that Alfie is is a replica of his child that was super powerful. And that last scene, my gosh, between the destruction of Nomad and then seeing her land and ha watching her go through so many emotions. Yeah. Like from the utter despair of losing Joshua. Like, gosh. Ugh. That's gotta be heartbreaking for a child. But then She's not a normal child, and so she has this understanding of, like, I want robots to be free. And knowing that what she just did with Joshua it gave freedom to the robots, 
it, it's got to be an elation. You know, it's got to be so empowering. So, and, and it's just to have those two feelings right next to each other, yeah, seconds very, apart. Very crazy. bittersweet. Yeah, and she played him, man. That's what I'm saying. That young lady is an amazing actress. Amazing. Like, really, really uh, impressed by the, the range within a single scene. You know what I mean? Or, or, or a few shots. But, um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, one thing that I noticed about um, Joshua's character that, man, I, 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 I appreciated their depiction of so much is, like, his ability to push through. Because I'm the kind of person who, if I meet up to obstacles and those obstacles have, you know, impacts on me, that's fine. You know what I mean? I signed up for this. But when everyone around me is dying, <laughs> just through proximity to me, that's when I pull back. It's like, I'm not here to bring damnation to everyone who's around me. That's not the goal. You know what I mean? I take on hardships of my own willing. But he was he had to find the strength to push through that because it takes a lot of strength to to push through that because his homeboy died when they, um, uh, the one who was his handler. Yeah, in the beginning. When, when he went to go extract the information yeah. and ran up on the the hotel. You know, and um, a lot of other people, like his entire unit, you know what I mean? He saw a lot of people close to him die. Well, it wasn't really ways. close to the to the to the to the people in the unit though. Well, yeah, not the one on the second mission, but in the first mission. You know, but then again, that was kind of prior to his his uh his uh uh track later on. So I guess that doesn't really uh, affect it as much, but um, there was that. Uh, there was um, the people, uh, Ken Watanabe's character, um, yeah. the simulants that he had bonded with who, you know, were sacrificing themselves to save humans and do all of this stuff. They kept getting the raw deal throughout because they were obvious, and Ken Watanabe called it out early he was like no they're tracking you bro they, they they know your every movement you know what i mean and that's why we can't take you to her is because all it's going to do is lead them directly to where we want to keep them away from so um yeah you know it's just one of those things that you know being able to to work through those kind of uh struggles to get to your ultimate goal it takes a lot of 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 um strength of will but um yeah it, it also is, helps a lot when it is your singular focus. Yes. He was when, definitely... When, it, when it's your only goal. As you mentioned in the beginning, his primary motivation was to go see her. It didn't really yeah. matter what happened along the way. He was going. I, I, and then, yes, I very much appreciated that. Like, they made it very clear. And it wasn't overbearing, but whenever you thought that he might be gear, veering off that path, it was like, no, 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 not at all. We we're still trying to... Because um, when he tried to go to the provincial uh, capital... Uh, to go see his, to reunite with his, um, with his handler, I, it seemed like he might have been trying to like divert from that path. But really, it was just him trying to no, learn no. how to deal with Alfie. No, <laughs> I mean he said it right from the beginning when they were at the at the station before everything went down. He was just like, "Yo, you gonna tell me where she is, or do I gotta take it to my friend and have him yeah. take a crowbar and extract her for you manually?" It was still focused on the singular goal. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's what I mean. Yeah, they, they they always brought it back into focus. Like, he never actually, like, even if your mind was straying, he let you know what he was here for. Um, and so, yeah. And, and because of that, it made the transition between him just trying to use Alfie 
to him trying to protect Alfie so much more salient. Like it was, it was felt a lot more for me because they did such a great job of building it up that way. And also, he didn't even really try to protect her until after he had reunited with his his wife. You feel me? It was mm-hmm. it was after he reunited with her, realizing that it was like their kind of simulated daughter, and then pulled the plug. That's when he pretty much like switched the. No, okay. Yeah. Now you're worth protecting. <laughs> yep. Very true. Very also, true. I've accomplished my goal. Yes. And man, I love it when they set you up from the fucking beginning. She told him she she was in a coma from the beginning. She said, where is she? She said, she's in Dang Dang. Mm-hmm. She told him. And then he was like, is this where Dang Dang is? He's like, yo, Dang Dang is heaven, bro. And he's like, that's completely my fault. She told me that from get, you know what I mean? And that I thought was a great point. Like that had me going for a minute. I was like, gosh, cause I was with Joshua the whole time. I'm like, we got to get to Dang Dang, my guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, all right. You'll get there eventually. But, oh, man, what about that scene where she's talking with him and she's like, well, are you going to go to heaven? He's like, <laughs> yeah, that was I'm a good, not really a good a person scene. like that. And she goes, well, if I'm not real, can I go to heaven? I was like, oh, <laughs> just daggers, man. Yeah. That and was they did tough. a good job of paying it off back at the end of the movie as well. Yes. Very much so. And so, yeah, that whole scene was was crazy. Oh, oh, man. Dude, what is up with putting AI into the running bombs? Who does that? Was, that? that was wild, sir. Dude, that when was the wild. bomb said, I salute you, sir, it's been an honor serving you, I'm like, did you put an AI into your walking bomb? Like, what? Who does that? <laughs> I thought that was a little bit wild. The same people that decided to give AI emotions, bro. Absolutely. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> from jump. Like, every time I see that shit in movies, I'm like, who, who decided to give these robots emotions and why? Yeah. Or uncontextualize emotions. The, the problem with humans is that we only get good with our emotions over time. You got to use them and experience them. da, 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 da. Why would we give robots raw emotions is my question. You know what I mean? Like, we know that humans with raw emotions aren't good. I don't know if this powerful silicon-based thing that we just created is also going to be good with emotions I mean, on the raw. that's assuming the, the technology is that precise. True. You know I mean? Like, I, I don't know if there's, like, a slider button for uh, raw emotion or in-depth understanding of emotion. Well, it's memories. Like, we, we, we create these things with no memories. We give them emotions and then expect them not to act like children. It's like, no, they're going to do wild stuff if you choose to do that, only if because they're going to act like what you modeled them off of. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's the part that gets me. It's just like, give them some, give them, create a a safe bank of memories to help contextualize emotions and then utilize that in your AIs because, yeah, dude, giving, and then giving them infinite information, ultimate immaturity, and then the ability to influence mechanical systems, it's like, uh, or electronic systems, it's like, yo, that's a recipe for disaster, dog. It's a recipe for a good movie, though. It is. <laughs> well, and, and as long as it stays in Hollywood, I'm down with it. But so I unfortunately it's a recipe feel like for a good movie. If if there is ever to be a digital AI, I fear what it would be like because it would resemble the people that made it, and I, I do not trust 
the emotional acumen. I mean, you don't have to. Do There's already the, the preliminary ones already can't identify black people. You know what I mean? So oh, they're racist it, it, shit. It's, it's, it oh, is. It's, so good. It's, it's not as if this is a far off idea. This far fetched. I get so you. Good. It's just that you know when it, when it comes to movies, I understand that they're fucked up because we need them to be fucked up for the purposes yes. of the story. Yes, it, it is plot absolutely, and I, and that's not lost on me. So you're right. But uh, it's so funny because like the idea that the developers had in our in our in our world is that okay. To contextualize it, we'll give it the the internet, and it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is absolutely not the way to condition your AI emotionally. Because yeah. they, it's like that's just laziness, though. You know what I mean? It, that that's it purely cost effectiveness. Because yep. in order to actually train it, would require a lot more time and effort, and definitely a lot more money. Uh-huh. Whereas just like fire hosing the internet into it and have it brute force it. That, yeah. that 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 sounds like the more corporate way to 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 go about things. <laughs> this is really great uh video of some AI developers just having a, a a discussion with one of their AI models to try to, you know, just demonstrate its conversational ability. And just in this prototypical model, it 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 might have had uh, access to a very small slice of the internet. And as they're talking to it, it starts telling it starts saying some racist shit to them out of nowhere. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, Jesus, this has nothing to do. And they're like telling it like, no, this has nothing to do with race. And it's in, it's like pushing. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to be careful of, of. I mean, you know, it's really not surprising. I mean, it's no different than a child. Right. As no, you just said, it's uncontextualized yeah. information. And if you. Put children on the internet and don't give them any safeguards. <laughs> Pretty Yo, much the same you, shit happens. I have, to, I, I, I have on several occasions had to manually go over there and turn off videos that Kendrick has happened upon in his YouTube feed. Um, because they're saying wild shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he doesn't get it. I'm not going to alert him to how bad it is. But what he can't do is keep listening to this. Oh, <laughs> sometimes I do that on my YouTube feed. Sometimes YouTube yeah. brings videos up and... I should start playing and I'm just like, oh, wait a minute, wait a <laughs> I minute. Didn't, I didn't ask for this. Wait a minute. Wrong audience, YouTube. Wrong yeah. audience. The same me, bro. Well, you know, I find that I think YouTube has a particular issue with interests like ours because we have such an eclectic range of things that we will consume for yeah. entertainment that it's impossible to try to pinpoint like, oh, this is what he liked about it. It's like, you have no idea what I liked about this dog. <laughs> like, and also, I, I also don't really like too many videos on mm-hmm. YouTube Neither because I. I know that liking them is going to, Add it to do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't even do it reliably. So that's another reason, too. This is like... I, I don't I don't trust the algorithm, so I manually look for everything I want to watch on YouTube. And we're YouTube. gonna get back to creator in just a second. But I will say this. <laughs> I absolutely dislike probably four to five times as many videos as I like. That's funny. Because I'll watch a video open mindedly. I this is this seems like an interesting topic. But if you shit the bed on your video, I will dislike your video because the only thing I can do to tell the algorithm that I didn't watch this because I liked it. <laughs> because if I watch a whole video to give it breath. The algorithm's gonna be like, oh, you really like that. You spent 20 minutes on that. And it's like, no, I gave him 20 minutes to see if he's gonna make a point. I didn't like this video at all. What you gotta do on top of that is then go into the settings and mute the fuck out of either the creator or the video settings. Double it up, son. Absolutely. Muting creators is a big thing for me. Because the thing is, is like, especially with the ones that are just like, 
that come out with just saying wild racist or just yeah that, that are farming outrage yes and, and exactly oh, anger and yes. shit yeah I, I gotta get them off my feed the rage farmers mm-hmm. but yeah okay back to creator so yeah the the entire world that they set up now are you did you read any uh anything about like what world setting this was in because i had a i don't know where i heard this but i couldn't find uh a, a corroboration but i believe this takes place in the dune universe prior to the butlerian jihad mm. oh I, I didn't do any extra um uh, uh research on it but i i just thought it was just took place like um 40 years in the future in the future of our current time? Yeah. I mean, okay. that's what I would assume. I, they didn't give me any other reason to assume it was taking yeah. place anywhere else because they referred to shit like New China and shit like that. Uh-huh. Which is the that, United it, States and Los, Los Angeles and all that other shit. Yes, which is very similar to how the Dune universe, because the Dune universe doesn't split from our universe until several hundred years into the future. Um, after AI is, is even more integrated than it is now. So what... And this is just this could be my headcanon, but I'm pretty sure that if if I'm not mistaken, from here the liberation of the AI, of course, America doesn't back down, and so they then go into what they call the Butlerian Jihad, where they attempt to wipe out all AI, like, and then they 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 take over the world and ban AI from being used because they realize that as long as there's free nations, they're never going to stop using AI, and so. They kind of get into like a one world order type of thing to to keep AI from ever rising up again. But um, I'm yeah, I'm interested to see if there's anything else in this universe because the creator I think definitely laid down some interesting um uh uh ground for other stories because I feel like there's a ton of other stories. Like, all right, the the, the story about what happened with the nuclear bomb it was human error. You know what I mean? That that they turned on the uh on the stimulants for. And so in this world you have um you have humans, robots, and simulants, which are what I guess that world would call androids. You know? Um, even though a simulant, they have this like a hollowing in their in the base of their neck that goes from laterally from left to right, um, that distinguishes them from humans. But they actually, like, have human faces, whereas the robots usually have forms that are completely utilitarian, you know? I mean, people so, actually um, donated their faces to the— uh, And so a lot of people have chosen— <laughs> To the simulants. To, yeah, have chosen to donate their likenesses so that—which, uh, that right there would create a whole issue, whole issue of identity for me. Like, that's wild. The idea that you can donate your likeness— and there's a machine that could like reasonably run around acting and looking like you. Cause that's the thing is a simulant can act <laughs> very well. But um, yeah, dude, it was crazy. Couldn't be me. Yeah, no, no, there, definitely. There, there ain't gonna be no fucking simulator me running around. That's for sure. Now, I Any simulator me running around gotta get killed because I didn't authorize that shit. Mm-mm. Yeah, and and it's just wild to me because like I can totally see like how. In certain Asian cultures, because of the the shared identity that they have, that they they don't feel bad about subverting their individual identities. I can never imagine that being like a widespread thing in America. 
mainly because people would immediately abuse it. Immediately. They donate their likeness and they'd find ways to 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 manipulate the system, blame things on their their uh simulant likenesses or try to evade uh all kinds of responsibilities. Like I just don't think that it would ever work out in a place like America. If you could do that, like they would have to stop that from happening before things fall apart. Yeah. Because it's bad enough with deep fakes. <laughs> well, yeah, you just have to have an ironclad uh, uh, contract when you sign away your likeness. Yeah, or- because I'm pretty sure that whoever is uh, uh, setting up this licensing thing would probably think of that because of insurance reasons. You know, everybody's got to think about insurance. True. And if your business can't be insured, your business ain't going nowhere. 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 <laughs> um, but you know what I was thinking actually is like, uh, like likeness donating would be like organ donating like if i die i'm not too upset if you take my likeness in that respect i just don't want to be here to see it you know that what I mean? makes sense yeah if like when you sell your likeness you could put like a, a time limit on it kind of like copyright y- yeah Can't use or, that shit until x amount of time after my see, death or exact or um you can use it if you pay my children for it type of thing like my leg, you know what I mean? Like utilizing my legacy. Like, all right, if you're gonna compensate, you know, my heirs for it, then that's we could talk about that. You know what I mean? But what we're not gonna do is have you just have a thousand simulants out there looking just like me running amok. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I don't know if that's gonna end well. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe in 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 some other places that would work well. But yeah, definitely not in the states. But uh, yo, I thought, man, the uh, the the scene where they're infiltrating in the very beginning and then uh the chick has that like little tank thing that she sets up bruh she got those <laughs> niggas good she got those niggas good bro she's she managed to launch the fucking attack as they were coming up so then when she just acted like she was surrendering and then a fucking orbital strike came down on their asses i was like that was yeah. kind of dope though <laughs> that was kind of dope she got those niggas and then they got her back. Oh, whore. Nah. Yo, Nabi, <laughs> one thing I am, I am they got absolutely her back unaccepting of, the, one of the major issues I had with the movie was that the humans had seemed to completely forget the concept of what a charge is. <laughs> like, that thing hit you. And it's like, it hit you and it didn't bounce off. Nobody stopped to say, hey, that thing is on your back. It's a charge, dog. It was never meant to blow you up on contact. Like, what is going on? But yeah, it, it got them twice. Mm-hmm. The simulants got them with them damn charges twice. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it was, man. And the second time that they got them with the charge, when they finally killed the colonel. God, that shit was funny. Bro, and, and <laughs> Alfie was, was trying like, no, to wait, save wait, wait. her, too. I was like, don't do it, Alfie. Don't do it, Alfie. That's uh, funny. Thank goodness she still had to maintain concentration. Killed by it. inept guard A and inept guard B. Yep. If you would have just chilled out. But see, but I love that message. It's your warmongering that gets you killed, not your enemies. These people you are portraying as your enemies are are probably not as dead set on your death as you think. <laughs> and that's not always the case. But um, the serious parallels to Vietnam that were put on in this movie, I think, made that point a little bit salient. Because when it comes to war, especially in those kind of uh, asymmetrical wars that happen uh, in, in Vietnam and places like that, where you just have like one developed nation bombing the shit out of jungle villages, it's like, do y'all not realize that you are trying to kill people literally? 
if given the opportunity, would save your life? <laughs> like, these are the people you're trying to kill. Like, the utter mania that goes into war and, like, the kind of dogmatism that gets you to want to kill someone at all costs. And not to mention, she did have her own trauma, but her own trauma was on some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, her sons didn't die from simulant attacks. Her sons died because they wanted to be part of simulant life, and they were, they were, uh, uh, they were caught up in the bullshit. You know what I mean? Because her, she said her one son married a simulant, but then she got, you know, he got taken. It was a fraud simulant. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, you know, that's kind of on you, the teacher's son, how to recognize when he's being taken advantage of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's just how people who are that high up in the military are. You can't really reason against oh, their time in the military. To you. You're like this bitch. She just oh, like a perfect. Nah. Just do it. I, I'm 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 completely used to her type, bro. Yeah. It's just that. I, with people like that, you're just like, oh, okay, that's who she is. She's not going to change. You just have to deal with the problem. You, mm-hmm. That's what I be talking about. Sometimes you just got to deal with the problem. You can't... Some people, like, she's that way because she needs to be. You feel me? Yeah. They They say the shit that they need to say to themselves so get- that they continue to do the things that they're doing. There is absolutely nothing that you can show up and say to them that's going to make them stop doing this shit. Because ultimately, the thing with one of the reasons why wars is so hard to stop is because if you don't win it, then you have to somebody has to take responsibility for losing. Yeah. And nobody wants that because usually if you're lucky, you feel me? If you're lucky, you die. You feel me? (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, honestly, like, if unless you're America or someone who's doing American bidding, like, if you start a war and lose, yeah. you're done. So that's why it's so hard. That's why it's very difficult to tell people who are mired in a war that they're losing to be like, hey, my nigga, you should probably quit while you're behind. Nah. No. Because <laughs> they, they see the, the guillotine falling. Yeah, because it's annihilation either way. Correct. And do I be annihilated on my knees or do I or am I annihilated with a gun in my hand? I'm going to take Correct. the latter personally. Everyone me? else gets to make their own choice. You know what I mean? But So... I'm never going to go to somebody who's my, like, that, and that's the thing is, is that once war breaks out, like, like, I'll never advocate for the starting of war. Never. Just not going to do it. There's always a better way to, to move forward because wars are always perpetrated off of economic distress. But once you're in war, you in it. Mm-hmm. You're in it. You know what I mean? And that was, you know, just... Just to, to, to branch off some, some real politique, it's like the same issue that I had with, you know, what Hamas did on October 7th. It's not that they weren't, you know, it's not like there's not a history of what happened up until that point. I get that. But once you start war, my nigga, it's we're going. And you started a war with an utter sociopath. One who is completely committed to genocide. That's on you, my guys. You know what I mean? You could do that. And so, yeah, the, the characters like the... the what, She was a colonel or a lieutenant? The, uh, I think she was a colonel. Colonel, yeah. She, she had decided to go to war. She had picked that war. And the simulants needed to realize, like, you're in it. You know what I mean? They picked the war, but you're in it. And I don't know how much peacefulness is going to get you to the place to not have them with an orbital station that blows you up. 
You know what I mean? And so yeah, it, it was it, it was a very interesting uh, uh, interplay between the motivations of the characters because Joshua's motivation was never to even fuck with them. <laughs> he cared not about any of that shit at all. Yep. He literally just wanted his fucking five minutes with his wife, bro. He just wanted to tell her sorry. Yo, my nigga, when he was on the ah, uh, when he was ready, getting ready to pull that fucking plug, man. And watching him, and he just wants. Uh, it's a very salient emotion for me, and it's one that definitely wrapped me up. It was just like, if you've ever wanted to just desperately say your feelings to one person and you can't, and then you find out that there's never going to be the chance. That's a rough one, man. That's 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 never going to be one that that I that I underestimate the emotional impact of. You know what I mean? And he delivered. Gosh. I'm really a big fan of John Washington. That man knows the, the, his delivery, everything. That shit just pulls it out of me. I'm like, oh, this nigga got it again. He did it again. Like, and I said that to myself several times throughout this movie <laughs> where he's just like, oh, so good. So good. But um, yeah, man. Just creator, phenomenal. It's a strong eight, soft nine. You know what I mean? Highly recommend. What um I definitely gotta do my do my Googles and and look into the backstory of that because I'm hoping to get some more out of that world. Um Yeah, and um didn't I see that John Washington's coming up in something else soon? Like that man, he's a selling point to me. Pause. You know what I mean? Like I see that man's name on a piece. We 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 checking that out. We checking that out. He never he's hit and not for nothing, if he keeps on the uh the streak of roles that he's been getting. Let me tell you, as as a father, I can only imagine how proud Denzel is. Denzel must look at his son and be like, you've taken the gifts I've given you and grown them so fucking much. Yeah, for real. It's beautiful, bro. Like, I, I my heart fills with with happiness for them. Like, that's awesome, man. That's like that that right there is something that um anybody who who started building family hopes for. You know what I mean? And I don't think that he forced his son into acting. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure his son had access to everything he wanted, but he chose to be in the same field as his father. And yeah, I mean, he was, he was a he, he used to be a, a, a football, football player. player. Yeah, football player. I thought so. Yeah, and so yeah, dude. To, knowing that 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 he's gone full gamut and 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 come around to to where he is now, so successfully. Just shout out to his agent. His agent don't send him no bullshit roles. You know what I mean? Like. I love me some Samuel L, but Samuel L will do some roles where I'm like, you just doing this for funsies, bro. You're doing this because you want to, because you definitely aren't making nobody off this movie. What was it, uh, Formula 51? Did you ever see that movie? I did not. That movie was, it's the one where he had on the kilt. I don't know if you were. Nah, okay. I'm not familiar Case with in point, one. he did that for funsies, my guy. <laughs> he definitely, he was a chemist who made like a super LSD. Yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> the whole movie was about them trying to get his formula, and like it's just it is a fun movie, but boy, is that just not the caliber of role that he's capable of? Like, yeah, Samuel. I mean, but that's usually the point, though. You know what I mean? Like when when you have a dis- when you have a filmography as thick as Sam Jackson's, then you are gonna do that. Sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes you just want to have fun on the set. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just that's awesome, and that that, that is that's true too. So I should let me not disparage that. Like that does that's not actually a negative blemish on his his record. It's just 
you know, right now John Washington is in a place where he's hitting all these big roles. You know what I mean? I want to see him keep getting those because, like, after Tenet, uh, uh, creator, uh, what did I see him in again recently? Like, he was in something else recently that I, I saw him in. I can't remember off the top of my head, but like, he was in the um the Amsterdam movie with um. Margot Robbie and yeah. Christian Bale. Okay, yeah. I don't remember the name of that movie, though. Um, so, yeah, he's been hitting some big roles, you know what I mean? And in the establishment of your career, that that's where you want to be. It's definitely where you want to be. So, definitely shout out to, to to John Washington. Great performance. Creator was was great watch. Um, yeah, you know, I don't even want to go too much deeper into it because everything else is just spoilers, you know? Uh, definitely take some time. Ken Watanabe put on great performance as well. Uh, and yeah, that was what's up. And so, yeah, go ahead. Let me get your, uh, some, some thoughts on the Adam Eve special. Uh, it was, it was really dope. It, it pretty much just covered the origin story of Adam Eve. Like, um, um, <clears throat> who her parents are. It gives the context for those scenes in Invincible season two, where she was arguing with her parents. Yeah. Uh, a little bit, not not really. It doesn't really give too much context for that because nothing's changed. Her dad was always well, a dick, exactly. Well, I'm and saying like didn't yeah. give any good reason as to why he was a dick. You feel me? Because gotcha. her backstory, her parents don't know shit about her backstory. You no. feel me? Like to their parents, she's their daughter and nothing else. But that, that that's another thing that this really reinforced me. Reinforced me. I was like, man, I really don't understand why her dad is such a dick. Feel me? Like, I understand her mom. Her mom is subservient to the dad, so she's not going to do anything. I think that that's the context. Is that that's a, that's, a, that's a trope. I mean, even if it you is, I mean? the whole point is I don't like it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm no, saying? Yeah, that, no, that's, a, that's the whole point. I'm it's absolutely like, not saying you reg- have to regardless, like it. Regardless yeah, of yeah. why they chose to do that, this special hammered home the point of, like, man, her dad is a fucking dick. Oh, totally. Totally. You but, know, um, and, Which is why she responds the way she does to him is because He's right in a lot of things he says. He just refuses to communicate or connect to her on any kind of of level that's acceptable to her. And so she's like when he's like, yo, you can't just be going out there thinking that you're saving everyone because there's a lot of complex things that go on behind that. Like when you tried to save Chicago, you know what I mean? But instead of communicating with her like that, he tells her that. She's terrible at her job, and da 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 da, and it's like you can't do that, bro. But um, that's what I'm saying. Like the Adam Eve special kind of, I didn't. I guess it didn't explain it, but it would have given you context if you saw that before you watched Invincible season two. You would have totally expected that exchange to go down the way it did. I mean, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Their parents remain the same as always. Every in every mm-hmm. scene you've seen her parents, they're exactly the same, pretty much. And um. So the special is pretty much her finding out her powers and sort of deciding what to do with that and and how awkward she was when she when she was a teenager and shit. And it's it's really just about the when her powers spawned the 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 scientist that made it all happen and sort of like a pretty decent resolution, but it had the most amazing fight scene in that yeah. shit. That shit was so good. Like and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, yo, nigga, where the fuck did you learn to fight like that, bro? Like, bro. Yeah, it was like, there is no way that a rookie who just started using her powers, mm-hmm. like, two weeks ago would be able to move like you do right now. But well, it looks dope as fuck, let me was, tell you. I can't remember. Did that fight scene happen prior to the limiters being put on her or 
after the limiters were put on her? Uh, the limiters were always there. Always there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she only removed the limiter once in that episode, way towards the end. Yeah. So, cause, cause that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, maybe she was so good back then because she was unencumbered and she was just moving with her imagination. No, nah, it's just, it's just really cool. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, just yeah. really cool. That's all it is. You know, they, they wanted to make the fight look dope and they fucking certainly did. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, like she's using the environment, um, whipping shit around, transforming, putting on battle armor and shit, fighting two to three people, saving civilians, yeah, like yeah, moving yeah. cars around. Like, nah, she it's, it's really, really, really good for combat scene. That that's why that's why it stacks out so much. You're like, man, this is some expert shit here. <laughs> yeah, because and then you see her when she you see the uh, the other uh, team when they're trying to save shit and they never do anything right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like these guys are terrible at this. And um, you also get to see uh, uh what's what's fucking gun arm buddy. You also oh, get to cannon. see him. Yeah, fucking I was kind cannon. of heartbroken to find out that he's just the jobber because she wrecked him on like her yeah. first day as a superhero. Yep. I fucking can't stand Kill Kenny, bro. He was a uh, jobber for Eve and jobber for Mark as well. You? <laughs> I'm not just as weak of the... Uh, what is that? Villain of the week. <laughs> yeah, you are, bro. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, you are. Actually, no, you're right. Because villains of the week usually get the entire episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you <laughs> and went out in like the it. first five minutes. You correct. That, that That's our fault. Yeah, You're right. You're not a villain of the week. You're actually... <laughs> that title's too much for a you. A speed bump. <laughs> You don't get enough screen time for Villain of the Week. Damn, that's savage right there, by the way. <laughs> that is savage. Not enough screen time for Villain of the Week? Jesus. Oh, man, that's cold, man. He just comes in, gets fucked up, and you see him again, like, next season. <laughs> but you know what kills me? How cocky he always is. Oh, yeah, my man's just brimming with confidence, Never bro. Never steps into the arena he's with any doubt. He's fucking brimming with confidence. Like, you'd think his name was invincible yeah. the way he steps up. <laughs> for real, though. Your buddy is just like, hey, yo, bitch, I got a gun hand. She's like, oh, I guess when you only got a gun hand, you really only got one trick. It's a good trick. <laughs> like, all right, I'm just going to let you know that's not a good trick. Nah, bro. <laughs> Shooting. It really mm. isn't. It's like, there's a reason why Mega Man is so difficult, my nigga. Yeah, because I only got one. <laughs> I got one gun hand. That's the difficulty of the game. And if I change it, I can change it to one other power. You feel me? <laughs> But yeah, dude. So nah, yeah, nah. Adam and Eve special was dope. I it, really it, I liked it too. Yeah, it, it was really awesome to see like where her powers came from mm -hmm. and sort of oh, and also we got to a, an awesome performance by Lance Reddick. He he plays like um oh. the the like the CEO of the organization that was responsible for creating Adam and Eve. Wow, I didn't even recognize that. Yeah, good call out though. That was that's dope. Yeah, R.I.P. My man. Yeah, he always does such good bad Lance guys because he has such an aggressive fucking voice. You know, it is really, really recognizable. I yeah. must have been really just into the episode when I, I didn't pick up on that because usually I, I I pick up on when when uh popular voice actors more so now than when I back in the day. Back in the day, everyone just sounded like their character. Like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, that's what's up. So yeah, dude, definitely a nice little, uh, some nice viewing for the weekend. But uh, dude, I cannot wait. Uh, are you gonna try to catch Godzilla minus one? Uh, I'm gonna see it at some point. At some I hadn't point? planned okay. to see it in theaters, but I'll see it at some point. Yeah, that one I actually got some amazing reviews. Now, moving on to some of these here topics, because the entertainment industry, of course, you know, they love talking. They stay talking. And so everyone's looking at, like, 
Shin Godzilla. Did you see Shin Godzilla? The um, yes, Arnold I did. one. Amazing. I love that fucking movie. What my fa- my favorite rendition of Godzilla currently. Um, and they're looking at Godzilla minus one, and they were both made for fifteen million dollar budgets, and then they're looking at the American made Godzilla movies that are all ten times the budget. 150 million and up. I think the others, one of them was 180, other was 190. And I'm really fucking surprised that people do not understand what the issue between the creation of those two types of films are. When people sign up for animation studios in Japan, they ask them if they live with their family because they tell them they will not pay them enough to actually live and eat at the same time. That's okay for them. They do that shit. That's how they make a movie for $15 million. You can't do that shit with a unionized uh, 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 acting force and regulations and stuff like that. Like, people don't seem to understand that the difference in why they make them that way is because they've crunched the animators and the creators immensely, you know? And And the reason why it's not as frowned upon in Japan is because they actually have a social safety net. And so people who are crunched that way never have to feel like if they choose not to do it, they will fall into poverty. They have a choice. Whereas in the States, if you're an animator and that's your chosen profession, you got to do the work that's given to you or else you'll be out of luck. There's nothing in society that'll help support you while you go into something else that you can do to make money. So I look at these the, the discussion around these and people are like, yo... These American studios are so wasteful, just throwing away money at 190 million. And I'm like, maybe that's possible. But at $15 million, I promise you, they did not pay the majority of those people well who worked on this movie. You know what I mean? So we can sit here and take, you know, and, and laud them for their ability to reduce budget size. But if you're reducing budget size on the back of crunching your workers and not paying them well, well, then, <laughs> I don't know. I'll take the inflated budget, actually. You know, I'd rather the people get paid well or decently enough to live. You know what I mean? But, yeah, dude, do you, do you, have you seen any of the conversation around this? I have not. Yeah. Uh, people are, 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 the reason why the conversation, I think, arose was because the $15 million movies are so much better than the ones that they're spending all that money on. But at the same token... Let us not be be uh, uh, let us not be enamored with the overproductivity of slave labor. Let us not be so engrossed in the product that we don't realize that they hurt people to make it. That's and now that's something for Japan. I'm not saying that we need to mobilize and change the industry. I'm just saying let us not be fooled into thinking that these productions should be mimicked or that they're setting a new model because they're not setting a new model. They're utilizing the old model of just not paying people. So, you know, it's, it's adorable for us to sit here and think that, you know, well, we could just take the American budgets and the Japanese talent and marry them. And that would be great, but it is far more complex than a situation where Japanese studios just make better movies than American studios. No, 
not the case. Because I'm, I do take huge hits to those movies for not actually paying the people who made the movies. I personally feel like that's not a, a, a positive light on the, uh, on the movies. But that's just me, you know what I mean? I hope that people who look at this don't think that the way to go forward in, in large-scale productions of movies is to try to, to crunch down your workers as as much as humanly possible because that's what happens and i mean and it's particularly poignant in the animation industry you know what i mean we got studio mappa out here like under super scrutiny for the way that they they crunch to you know 3d effects studios like animation in japan is a major driver of economic uh uh, uh turnover and it's because of how in high demand Japanese animation is. Now, the problem is, is that we shouldn't encourage them to create a slave wage environment just because they're in high demand. Now, if their only way to get great quality work from people is to treat them that way, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't need that high of quality. If we have to denigrate humans to get high quality entertainment i'll take lesser quality entertainment to make sure the humans are okay that's fine because really i should be entertaining my fucking self you know what i mean i shouldn't be consuming shit from you know these these studios that are you know refusing to actually compensate people because that's just lazy i can entertain myself you know what I mean? Like, we don't need to consume. There's so much entertainment out there, and much of which is actually produced in ethical ways that from, you know, to just be lazy about it is, on, on my part, I just don't agree with. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just, I really am looking forward to Godzilla Minus One. It really makes me feel bad that it turns out that the animation studios had to super crunch to make it. Um, especially because I don't feel like there was any particular time restraints on this other than the investor time restraint. It's like nobody was like, we need this Godzilla movie now, bro. The wave is here. You know what I mean? Like, the Godzilla wave ain't going nowhere. You know, it's, it's, it's there. You know, people like it. You know, people will consume it. You don't got to go out of your way to make it, you know, more palatable than usual. Like, it's a franchise. It's a, it's a strong brand, you know, so... I would have just liked to see them take the time and effort out to 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 pay the the animators and producers, but that is what it is, you know. Like whether I watch the movie or not isn't going to change that. So I'm definitely going to watch it. But yeah, I thought that that was an interesting discussion popping up around there because usually you don't get very much you don't get very much conscientious discussion about like, oh well, how were the people treated? That's not. In Japanese uh, animation and production in general, you'd, you'd probably do yourself a, uh, a favor by not asking that question. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't know very many Japanese companies that are actually known for treating their employees well. Like, that's a rarity, actually, you know? And so, yeah, it's one of those things. Do you know of any um, Japanese studios that are that are known for actually having positive uh, relations with their workers? 
I mean, I I don't really look into it that deeply in general. I'm not really familiar. I only ever find out about studios, like, whenever something goes wrong, usually, or whenever they win an award or something. Yeah, yeah it's either an award or, yeah, or a scandal. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, dude. And and that's the thing is, is, like, if if a Japanese studio was really treating their their employees well, I mean, because you could even go to, like, someplace like From, FromSoft. From soft, man, yo, they fucking squeeze their developers. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, this idea that I am, that that individuals are so proud to just be part of something, it's very prevalent in Japan. And it will lead people to to participate in things that, that will, that will uh, exploit them for a lot. You know, and it's a shame, but, you know, that's their, that's the culture and people have to make their own decisions. And so in that, in that situation, I don't like if people will have to work in Japan to fix the the industries to make them more amenable to, to worker labor. I'm over here trying to do what I can for American labor. And let me tell you, it doesn't look great. You know what I mean? I've only been able to organize 150 people. In my lifetime, like, I, I know it's a hard job and it's going to take a lot of hands on deck. And, and you know what I mean? There's nothing I could do about the Japanese labor market. That's for sure. But um, I do like to point it out only because I assume that there's going to be a few people here who are trying to at least consume ethically to some degree. And you might want to be just pay attention to it. That's the best you can do for ethical consumption, actually, is just at least be aware and not openly support the the kind of practices that, you know, cause people to to burn out or feel ter- terrible at the end of their projects, you know. But yeah, I hope that uh, that's something that can change in the future, for sure. Um, but unfortunately, we, we shall see. Because it, uh, it's not like it's just a labor issue in Japan, it's a culture issue. You know, they would have to no longer appreciate those kind of things the way that they do, which I I personally don't like to do. Culture changes on its own. I would prefer that people do not try to 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 control culture in that way, because when they do, it tends to be self-serving. And so I hope that the people together can come to the conclusion that they want to change in this direction. I guess that's the long and short of what I've been trying to say. But yeah, moving on from that. Dude, did you see this shit? Um, Sony removed all Discovery content from PSN. So people who have purchased stuff, you know, like uh, uh, software and and shows on Discovery uh, Network. Not yours anymore. We're taking it off. I know you paid for it. We're taking it off and you will no longer have access to it, though. And, you know, somebody said a phrase to me that I think is, or not somebody said a phrase to me. I read this, I think, on a, on a social media post. But they said, if paying, is, if paying isn't owning, then piracy isn't stealing. <laughs> if I pay you for something and I don't own it, then when I pirate it, I am not stealing it from you. Because there was no way for me to obtain that item from you anyway. And when I pirate something, you lose nothing. I've taken nothing physical from you. 
So I love this concept, especially in the time when Max is getting rid of shit that people love. Sony's getting rid of shit that people love. Netflix has always rotated out shit that people love. When I'm paying for this service, I shouldn't have to wait for you to tell me I'm allowed to see the things that I paid for. I find that to be repugnant. Maybe in the future, the young kids want to make that world for themselves. I hope not, but I, I hate it. And so I will strongly stand on the idea that if paying isn't owning, piracy isn't stealing. If I can't pay you to own something that you're technically selling, then when I pirate it, bitch, don't say shit to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so egregious the way that these companies act with their fucking, with their IPs as if anybody can't, can't go and, and recreate facsimiles of these things that are just, just as good. You know what I mean? But yeah, just the idea of Sony removing content that you paid for in particular. All right. You know, I just, I, I, I don't, don't want to see this world where everything that we want to consume in terms of media is done throws done so through streaming and we are at the behest of the streaming companies because one thing i can tell you that i know about them thus far they don't really give a shit about you and what you actually want to see or hear they don't they don't because they're fully aware that you want to see and consume things and so they don't care what you want because they know that you'll consume whatever they give you. And yet, you know, you, you, it might not be the overwhelming consumption that, that, that maybe something that is targeted towards you might get or, or something that's well-produced might get, but they don't care about that because both of those things require money. And if they could not spend money and still get some revenue off of it, that's what they prefer to do. You know what I mean? And so the idea that 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 these streaming platforms just can just with no recourse. It's not like they said, hey, guys, this is what's on the table. There's a chance that you might lose access to some content. These are the options available to you. Would you like to have at least that shows some transparency, at least that shows that they are actually a consumer facing uh, company. But the fact that they just do this shit, they drop it, and they're telling you that January 1st, your Discovery content is gone, which Discover makes a ton of fucking content, it's, it's, it's wild. It's a little bit wild to me. You know what I mean? And, and, and one of the reasons why, because I tend to, to step lightly around talking about piracy, and, and I try to step lightly about advocating for people to find alternative methods to doing things, but at this point, because of the legal, uh, uh, the legal tenuous nature of the way that they're going about this is, I would say they are doing this because they know that what they're doing is technically illegal, but they know that it's on fraught enough ground that it would be difficult for someone to defend uh, to defeat their lawyers in court about this. And so they're just playing the numbers. And, 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 and so that's where I start, they start to lose me. And I'm just like, you know what? Cool. Do your thing. 
taking something and removing access from somebody for something that they paid for, even if it's in their terms of service, is a shithead way to be. It's a shithead thing to do to sell me something, not tell me it has an expiry date on it, and then pull it from me. It's a bad way to do business. And so, if anything, this needs to be dealt with with the community in a very harsh manner to let them know that it's a bad precedent. And if people just sit down and let this happen, your none of your content is going to be safe, at least on Sony networks, which it's never been particularly safe to begin with, but at least they had some guardrails up. But if they know that they can just sit here and violate all your consumer protections and not get any pushback from it, it's just going to get worse. Definitely going to get worse. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, dude, definitely Sony is setting terrible precedents with, with, with that one. Um, and then you got Ubisoft over here. They tried to... The, dude, this shit was hilarious. So evidently they tried to silently pilot in-game ads without telling anyone. <laughs> and then it launched and the backlash was so epic that they had to immediately... Like, I think it was with... It was less than 24 hours, I want to say. They disabled it and issued an apology letter like, no, 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 no. We meant to only give you non-invasive ads <laughs> to certain things that are part of the brand that you're playing. It's like, bitch, that's not what you did. You know what I mean? Like, the way that this was instituted was so invasive and so egregious that it was like, okay, got it. Someone made a mistake. There was probably a softer launch to this that should have been piloted where it was just a side ad in the menu, which is what they were claiming to have wanted to do. But what ended up happening is, is every time you would press the map button, a fucking ad would show <laughs> full screen. Like, all right, guys, that is not the same thing. But OK, <laughs> I hear you. So what that tells me personally is that they probably had a, a soft launch of a much less invasive ad process, but the dumbass who meant, went to implement it just put the full-on ad process in, and so, yeah, people were mad. They were playing Assassin's Creed, and every time they pull up the map, an ad would show up. It's like, I'm not doing this. That's rough, bro. Bro, It's, it's a, so hard being an Ubisoft A sandbox fan. game to fucking, you know what I mean? Like a game where you're going to press map probably every two, three minutes. I mean... Ugh. Hey Ben, I, I'm I'm completely averse to to ads anyway, so that's the type of shit that would have made me uninstall. Yeah, uninstall again. me, <laughs> fastest <laughs> uninstall ever. <laughs> that sure would have made me uninstall the game for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, that that was not a smart one to say the least. Ubisoft, not smart at all, bro. The only time a game should be frustrating me is while I'm learning the mechanics it, of a boss fight, bro. That expects or to be the mechanics that, of a yeah. puzzle or something. That is the only time. If you're frustrating me and it's not even like a part of the game, oh, you're just throwing up ads for shit. Oh, my guy. My guy. Fucked up. If you frustrate me in your game with something that is not directly, explicitly me part of playing the game, I'm done with you. Facts, bro. I'm done with you. <laughs> bro, to this day, I still haven't used Hulu, man. With good reason. Because they put ads back in their shit. And they want to put ads in video games? All right, try me, nigga. Nah. So yeah, that that that's that landed pretty much exactly where you would uh expect it to expected it to have. 
But yeah, moving on That's from rough, that. Dude. I'm so glad that like I fell off Assassin's Creed in the first game. Like I played the first game for like an hour and a half and I never played any Assassin's Creed ever, really? ever again. You know, and but it it really says a lot because I honestly like people love those games. And those games are so manipulative. Like, did you, like, I don't know if this is what you got from it, but those games, they, the gameplay loop is too coercive to me for a game that's supposed to be open world or, or, or have a sandbox to some degree. You know what I mean? I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be able to parkour all over this, <laughs> but your gameplay loop brings me into the same monotonous gameplay and it doesn't reward me for doing any of the. That's the beauty of a GTA, is that it rewards you so much for just not playing the game. <laughs> GTA rewards you so much for just engaging the game. Don't play the game if you don't have to. Just engage the game yeah. and learn to enjoy the you environment. Want to go do stunts? Go do stunts, dude. You know people will just drive around the the San Andreas at night and try not to crash and listen to music, and it's. It's relatively cathartic. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's similar to doing it in real life without the danger of getting arrested, you know, or pulled over. Like, it's 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 a really good uh, example of what I would have expected from Assassin's Creed. Not in that obviously Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, GTA is GTA. But when you're when you have a big open world, the best way to ingratiate the player is to not make them feel pigeonholed, is mm-hmm. to not make them feel like them engaging with the world is ancillary to the fun. Yeah, like the Spider-Man games, it's fun just ah, swinging around the city. Perfect example. Thank you. I use GTA, and that one is a little bit too big, I think, sometimes, because like GTA is a game onto itself. There's nothing else that really... like In terms of numbers-wise, there's nothing else that really matches GTA. Um, but yeah, I think that was a much better example right there, is um, the Spider-Man series. Um, Sometimes you just want to swing around the city. You ain't got to fight bad guys if you want to. Just got to see how fast you can get, how many stunts you can do while swinging. Just That's the fun part. The world is just so rich, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I understand why you might not have been so engrossed in, in the original Assassin's Creed because I feel like those games in general, they had a pretty intriguing story, but the story, first of all, didn't hold up over the entire series, and second of all, wasn't backed by strong enough gameplay in my opinion mm-hmm. that's really what it was for me i found i think i got really really bored in like the hour and a half that i played the game and i never never found the urge to give it a shot because, yeah, because i'm the type of person where like I'll, I'll get bored of a game or or something about the game will piss me off and i'll just turn it off and i'll come back to it a while later but the urge to revisit that game just never came back yeah and i think that a part of that is is like you know there was no meat on the... And then Assassin's Creed 2 came out. It's not going to reinvigorate you because Assassin's Creed 2 didn't really revolutionize the formula. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until 3 where they started changing things up, but then they started changing it up for the worse. Yeah. And so it was like, yeah. all right, let me just stop. <laughs> let me not do this. Because let me tell you, the Assassin's Creed fucking storyline, that's my type of shit. Alternate time-traveling history? Let's do this shit. Yeah, I mean, enough historical references to be salient? Yes. Yeah. No. (laughs) They didn't do it, though. (laughs) They they unfortunately did not stick it. But yeah, that that was that. But um, 
Yeah, Ubisoft needs to stop trying to, to to screw people over. I remember a while back I said like they were supposed to be closing down. Evidently that was a hoax. Um, <laughs> but maybe they should consider it. I don't know. Like sell them IPs to some people who want to make good games. Because what I've realized is like a lot of those companies don't actually have the people there who were making the games that we enjoyed in yeah, anymore. So it's like, you know, like at Blizzard. All of the good staff at Blizzard has left, and they've gone on to make a, like a Marvel Snap, one of the you know best uh, 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 mobile titles out right now. That's from the Hearthstone creator. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, dudes who made Diablo have been going off and doing all kinds of shit. So <laughs> th- there's no question to that. I mean, I don't know if they've retained the World of Warcraft devs, but I what do they have? A five year NDA. Oh, I have no clue. I'm not sure how long their NDA is, but I'm assuming like around 2025, 2026, you're going to see a shit ton of of stuff from that genre pop up out of nowhere from people who were former parts of the team who just needed to wait for their NDAs to 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 go away so they can start working back in the industry. You know what I mean? And that I'm looking forward to heavy because boy, man, I didn't turn on Activision Blizzard because I didn't love them. I loved what they were making. I turned on them because they were terrible people. And I became ingratiated to them before I realized how terrible people they were. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. I have no problems. But getting from under that umbrella, I am absolutely willing to give all of those devs another shot to say, hey, you know, you're away from the Wicked Witch. You know, can you find a place to express your talent without, you know, making, you know, uh, 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 utilizing dark habits to try to manipulate your players? Because I know that that was something that Blizzard pushed, and I know that a lot of devs pushed back against it. So I'm absolutely open to giving these guys a shot to see what they produce, to see if they're, you know, willing to put back out some fire, you know? They definitely, I, I think, uh, have a lot more creative acumen left in them. I don't think that World of Warcraft was the end-all, beat-all to any of those devs' ability. You know what I mean? Like, So, yeah, I definitely look forward to seeing what, what, what comes out of there once those, those guys come off their NDAs. But, yeah, moving on from that. Oh, goodness, dude. Have you seen uh, the progress of this uh, YSL, uh, uh, the Young Slime Life trial? uh bits and pieces bro this is such a shit show the funny part is is that i'm i'm i don't know i don't consume young thugs music but i assumed based on the things that he was saying the things that he said in interviews hey he was he's about that life boy oh boy when when i found out that the reason why they are so vehement about using those rap lyrics is because they literally have no other fucking case they started a rico okay are you familiar with what a rico case is Mm -hmm. a rico case is and for the listeners is is designed to stop people from utilizing large amounts of money to influence public uh 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 officials and events through coordinated illegal activity so a bunch of people are doing illegal shit i'm not particularly doing illegal shit 
but I get a bunch of money from them and then I go donate to a politician. That's what RICO is designed to stop. Or I don't do anything illegal, but I know a bunch of dudes doing illegal shit. They give me their money and I go buy a building. You know what I mean? Like, that's what RICO is designed to stop. It's designed to stop people from evading the law by by organizing crime around themselves to try to project legitimacy in it. It's to prevent reputation laundering and so forth. And so RICO cases are meant to cover millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would like you to take what take a guess as to what the largest sum of money they were able to bring to the table in this trial was. What, 25 grand? 287 fucking dollars. <laughs> that was the largest sum of money that had been exchanged on record in this, in this, um, in this whole thing. Of all the shit that they've been, they've been putting forward, they put forth receipts for $287 is the largest sum. They don't have a case. There is no RICO case here. That's why they need the lyrics. They need the lyrics to incriminate them to murder because they have no racketeering. There is no racketeering for that little bit of money. That's broke nigga shit. Court ain't designed to stop broke nigga shit. Sorry to say, you know, I'm sure Jeffrey is fucking rich, but the niggas around him were performing broke nigga shit. You know what I mean? So... You need to have a group of high-profile criminals all contributing to a singular cause for RICO to be effective. So you don't got RICO. The, the lyrics are all subjective, so much so that, the, that after the second time that the prosecutor tried to utilize this, this tactic, the judge had to call a two-hour recess to let them reassess their, their, their uh, strategy because... He found it very unconvincing that these lyrics would lead to murder. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a total shit show. And the worst part is, is that God forbid anything move legally forward, which I don't think it will. I, I think, I'm pretty sure that Jeffrey gets off on this one. Um, they definitely, they definitely shit the bed on this prosecution. And, and I don't even know, I, I don't genuinely believe that Young Thug is like, the coordinator of a bunch of murders. I don't believe that. More so do I not believe it now that they have shown that the accusations of the people who did believe it were bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I, it's just wild to me. Like, people will not like a motherfucker and put the, the worst smut on his name. The worst smut. Like, I don't like Young Thug, but am I going to say that he's a ringleader of a murder fucking string? A, a murder ring? No, like, what? But the amount of people who you'll see who are okay with doing that, wild, bro. But yeah, this YSL case is for the birds. Um, the biggest issue with it moving forward, I would say, uh, is, is God forbid they do get some kind of prosecution that will lower the bar of prosecution for so many people. And it's just going to be used as a form of control. It's like when in, in Philadelphia, they want to ban ski masks. As if it's not already illegal to commit crimes in a ski mask. You know what I mean? Like, why are you banning the ski mask? If I burgle you in a ski mask, I'm still going to jail. 
So banning the ski mask is only going to hurt the person wearing a ski mask who's not doing anything wrong. You see what I'm saying? And so this is the issue that we run into here is that by letting them go through and, and, and ratifying these charges when they shouldn't be, when there's no evidence of them, lowers the bar for other people to try to accuse and prosecute other people of these kind of things. And that's fucked up. That's fucked up. We don't want that world. We don't want that world. That much I can promise you. Because let me tell you, if they do it to Young Thug, they're going to do it to anybody else, and they're only going to do it to people who say things like free Palestine. And, and you know, that, that Black Lives Matter. That's the people who they're going to target with this. Case in point, they've, they've been... They've been fucking up those people in Atlanta trying to protest Cop City. I mean, fucking them up. And now they're trying to put them all on domestic terrorist charges for a very common historical American behavior, which is peaceful protest. So this is what I mean. We can't let this go down this way, however you feel about Jeffrey, because in the end, what they do to that man is only going to be exacted upon the rest of us. And I think that there's a lot of shit going down right now that is that they are going to be very primed to want to wanna just label people a bunch of shit. Like, so if they do this, that means that if you start a bail fund for a protest, you've committed RICO. You say that you committed a RICO violation. If you start a bail fund, you see what I'm saying? Because they don't have any of the proof that the people in the YSL conspiracy, quote unquote, actually put in any kind of large sums of money or anything like that. They didn't see it go towards any motherfucking uh, 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 politicians, even though like when you look at Sam Bankman Freed, that nigga had a docket of politicians he was paying off. No Rico. No nothing. That nigga got a a uh, 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 a pat on the butt in a federal uh, uh, plain clothes prison. That nigga don't gotta even wear no jumpsuit or nothing. He gonna be wearing regular clothes, sitting out in the sun, eating his lunch on a on a on a picnic bench. That's the kind of shit that this nigga is gonna be subjected to. But yet they want, but but they have YSL where they have no evidence of any of those things. But yet. If they can get people to be convinced of it, that's all that matters. They can set the precedent. And so that's the danger of this YSL shit. It's like, I, I believe that there's probably a lot of things that might have gone wrong that should have been done better, but none of which I think justify what the state is doing. And the state is only doing it to create a precedent to do it elsewhere. You know, And those are the things we got to look out for when it comes to stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah, there was the YSL joint going off, and um, here we'll wrap up on this because I just want to give a, a quick shout out to to Mehdi Hassan who. Oh, that's the name I haven't heard in ages. Yeah, Mehdi Hassan. He um recently was taken off the air. They are no longer permitting him to to uh to report on MSNBC, and what what really sucks is that. You know, they're doing it for his support of Palestinian liberation. 
And this is the kind of stuff that I think that we really need to to show some solidarity for because, like, he's been a, a, a vocal voice. And and the, the thing that kills me is that typically he's not, he's pretty centrist. Nine times out of ten, he's going to give a blight to the people who, who are doing some fucked up new neoliberal bullshit but god forbid he take a stand on one thing god and and now mind you his whole brand is speaking truth to power that's why he's there was to be the guy and a guy who gives the hard interviews and when he did that they fired him for it and this is the thing is like i don't understand how the jewish community is going to beat the allegations on this one it's like all right guys you can do you can Say whatever you want. But if the fact of the matter is, is that you guys target anybody who doesn't explicitly agree with you and ruin their life, seems like you might be the bad guy. I don't know how you beat those charges. People say, I don't agree with what you're doing. Get them out of here. That's what authoritarian dictators do. That's what the evil people do. So I don't know how I'm supposed to look at this when the community rallies around these kind of actions. Mehdi Hassan is not anti-Semitic by any stretch. But yet he still comes under the gun. Not to mention, it's not like Israel's the only thing he talks about. So you're going to do away with all the other good he does just because he didn't agree with you on one thing. Pretty sure we know who the bad guy is there. But we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up on that one because we got a lot more to talk about on the next episode. So I hope you guys did enjoy the show. If you did, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You can also find us on social media on Twitter at Curry underscore T and at Home Heron. You can also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. Always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.